Welcome to Hudco Radio. I'm Jim Kennelly. Hudson County Community College has expanded at a breakneck pace over the last two decades, adding a host of new instructional buildings and academic opportunities to serve more than 15,000 students at multiple campus locations. Tomorrow, the college will announce the launch of its new Holtz Technic Academy, a joint degree and apprenticeship program in advanced manufacturing. It's being conducted in partnership with Hudson County-based Eastern Millwork Incorporated, an industry leader in custom and high-end automated woodwork manufacturing and installation. To talk about what the program offers students, we will be joined by Lori Margolin, Dean of Continuing Education and Workforce Development for Hudson County Community College, and then by Andrew Campbell, President of Eastern Millwork, to describe how and why his business decided to partner with the community college in this new venture. Dean Margolin, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. I wonder if you could begin by explaining how this new partnership reflects the college's strategic vision in the area of workforce development. Yes, I'd love to do that. So the the mission of the college is to provide high-quality educational opportunities that result in students' success and I see no, no better example of that than the apprenticeship program that we have here. Um, more generally, our strategy is to uh, provide students the skills that employers tell us are in demand. And we do that in a couple of ways. We do that through our degree programs, or we can do that through our industry-recognized credential programs. Um, we work with employers, we listen to what their needs are, and we customize programs to meet those needs. And by doing that, we feel it's a win-win-win situation. Um, Our employers get a workforce that's qualified, is able to do the work, they're able to expand their business. Students are able to get uh, jobs, careers that provide family-sustaining wages, and we help the economy to grow by doing all that. So we are, we are very pleased to be able to bring this apprenticeship program that's in line with our strategy. Well, it certainly seems as though workforce development you know, ties always to that idea that the more you learn, the more you earn. Yes, yes, as long as you're le- learning the right things, the things that the employers want. What is a Holtz Technic Academy? I'm guessing it's a German term? It is a German term, and the actual translation is wood technology. And we specifically chose that name because the roots of this apprenticeship program are from, from, from Germany, that dual education model where you're, you're employed but you're, and you're learning on the job but you're also learning in school. And it's a, it's a great model, and each piece reinforces the other. I wonder if you could describe what kind of degree students will earn when they complete this program. Yeah, students who complete the program will earn an Associates in Applied Science in Advanced Manufacturing in four years, because they'll be going part-time. Uh, in the fifth year, after the fifth year, they'll earn a Bachelor's in Applied science as well from Pittsburgh State University in Kansas. Now, how are students recruited and eventually chosen to take part in the academy? It was a very uh, rigorous process to to choose uh, students, apprentices for the program. They initially had to apply online. 
Uh, there was a committee which was composed of Eastern Millwork and Hudson County Community College. We reviewed the applications, those that seemed to fit the criteria what Eastern Millwork was looking for were invited in for an information session to learn more about it with their parents. Um, those who expressed interest to proceed further were then um, asked to take a mechanical aptitude test. And they were brought in for basically a full day, a pre-employment day with Eastern Millwork to really see hands-on what the work would be like. They were also invited to come to uh, the college for a pre-orientation. So every, all the parties really knew what, what this apprenticeship would be so that it would be set up for success. Eastern Millwork was looking for very specific um, qualities in the apprentices. One, they had to be good with technology. They uh, should uh, like to make things. Hmm. They uh, would need to have an aptitude to think in 3D, think mechanically, and also want a career in wood engineering. And those things hmm. were very important. What about the school work and the school work week for those enrolled? This is a new program. Uh, how, how will students uh, divide their time? So students will spend some time on the job and some time in school. So their, their work week will basically look like on Mondays they'll be at Eastern Millwork, uh, but they will be in class remotely with Pittsburgh State University. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, they'll be working. And on Fridays, they will come to Hudson County Community College and take classes. Now, how does a program like this help students uh, avoid getting into debt? Uh, one of the big problems today with higher education is just that, the taking on of loans. How would a program like this uh, avoid that? Well, the simple answer is that the apprentices have the tuition paid by Eastern Millwork. So in four years, they're earning their associates and five, the bachelors, they're earning a salary have and have no college debt when they come out because the tuition is paid and they're earning money during the entire time that they're going to school. A very different approach. Very different approach. How about how many students will be able to enroll in this program when it launches and how might it grow in the future within the college? So the first cohort of students who will begin in July, there will be five, five students were chosen. Um, each year, Eastern Millwork would typically hire uh, about four apprentices. This year, it was five. Um, the college will be working with other employers to grow the program. So next year, we expect to have additional employers and continue to build on that as, as we meet employer demand for apprentices. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about uh, how Hudson County Community College um, is different than, say, other schools when it comes to the kind of STEM education that it offers. Um, could you talk about maybe in some ways how our community college may be superior to four-year schools yes. out there for parents and students to consider? Yeah, be very proud to talk about that. Um, I think we distinguish ourselves in, in a few ways. One, all of our classes are taught by experienced professionals who have worked in the field. Um, they're not students. They're not teaching assistants. Second, all of our classes are small. There are no giant lecture halls. Um, so, so you really get that, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one 
in the classroom. And we have a beautiful state-of-the-art STEM building that opened in September of 2017. So it's just an amazing facility to learn in. Where can students and their families learn more about this new uh, innovative program? A couple places. They can go to our website, hccc.edu, or they can go to the Eastern Millwork website, eastern-millwork.com. Well, Dean Mar- Margolin, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. We're joined now by Andrew Campbell, owner and president of Eastern Millwork, Inc., the private high-tech manufacturer who serves as the private partner in the college's Holtz Technic Academy. Uh, Mr. Campbell, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Could you describe your company for our listeners? Yes, we manufacture and install architectural woodwork. So it's all the custom woodwork that goes into com- large commercial construction projects. We fill what they call the 6400 spec section of the construction sequence, which is the custom woodwork part of it. Uh, we, uh, our job entails um, everything that we do is custom, so it's all uh, ETO engineered to order. So uh, every project we have would be unique into itself, and, and no jobs are really repeated. Uh, kind of quick statistic, a 747 has 750,000 unique parts that Boeing designed, and they'll make plane to plane. Our average job will have over a million parts. We'll make wow. them one time and never make again. So a lot of our work is really depth in the, in, in, in the engineering aspect of, of, of what we do. How long have you been in business, and where are you located? We're located in Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, now we're down uh, pretty close to uh, Liberty State Park. Um, we started uh, actually now 25 years ago in an industrial building, small industrial building in downtown Jersey City, and over the years have, have kind of expanded in Jersey City and have most recently built a brand-new industrial building uh, in, uh, in the area that we're in now. When people think the, of the word manufacturing, they often think dirty, heavy, um, brute force sort of things. What if you talk about what today's manufacturing environment is um, as exemplified by your company? Yeah, I think one of the other things they think is it's dead end. It's a dead end job, and there's no opportunity there. When actually that's you know really not the case. If you look at Americans' industrial production, year on year it grows, even through recessions. And on average, a job in manufacturing will pay 20% more than a non-manufacturing job, a similar non-manufacturing job. Um, I think what's important to understand is that what's displacing workers in manufacturing is not uh, outsourcing, though that's a part of it. The majority is being, you know, deplaced by automation. And I think you have to look at it in, 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 in from a different perspective that modern manufacturing is really steeped in automation. That makes us globally relevant. There is a uh, segment of manufacturing that has chased cheap labor. Uh, my analogy and our company's philosophy and, and the very DNA we are built on is the idea that would be you know, akin to a call center. A call center call in America is $14. If you automate, if you take that call and send it to India and outsource it, right, that would be $7. But when you automate it, it's 50 cents. So there is no cheap labor that can out- outrun automation. And that's really where the opportunity lies, is in the people that drive the automation. So there is not, you know, all these jobs aren't replaced by automation. They're just different jobs. And they're arguably... Um, higher-end jobs, they are more fulfilling, and, and they have a tremendous amount of upside potential. They require um, uh, a different level of, of, of education and, and preparation to fill them. Um, that's really the task at hand with the Holtz Technic program. But there is tremendous opportunity there in manufacturing. Uh, 
And if you look at it across the swath of, of America, if you look at um, BMW, uh, large German manufacturer of cars, their largest plant is in South Carolina. And if you take IKEA, uh, you know, Scandinavian furniture builder, they are in America in a very big way. And they have large plants in the southern part of Virginia where they leverage a lot of automation to make a, a lot of the products Americans consume. So not just with us, but across the bandwidth of manufacturing, more and more is being reshored. And, and within that creates opportunities for people in the next economy. I wonder if you could talk about how long you've been looking for this kind of partnership, but also why you sought a partnership like this with uh, an institution of higher learning like Hudson County Community College. Okay, to explain that, perhaps I have to step back. And I'll tell you kind of our strategy. Uh, we're a company that was founded in 1992, and the industry of architecture woodworking, the seat of it was in America, was in the New York City area, the Triborough and, and into the surrounding New Jersey region. Uh, a lot of the old white shoe large firms would have, you know, several hundred cabinet makers in under one roof building all the fine architectural woodwork. Um, the technology of post-World War II that came with European immigration uh, and 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 as things evolved and as technology evolved, um, they, there was a lot of um, angst within that because the way that they knew was changing. At the same time, you had a lot of, you know, with NAFTA and free trade, there became a lot more the, the global uh, economy started to develop and and a lot of work was then taken offshore just to, to the simple answer of taking it to cheap labor. That created a lot of pressure that, that um, created trouble for the local manufacturers. And, and as we entered this space, um, our idea was not to offshore, but if we can determine, to create ways to m manufacture leverage automation. Again, with the call center call, we could find value through automation rather than offshoring. Um, and as Central Europe is really the hub of, uh, of furniture making and architectural woodwork, so you're talking about like Germany, um, Austria, Switzerland, you know, northern part of Italy, um, I, um, in the, the early 90s, started to travel through that region and look at machinery manufacturers that could create this automated machinery that we needed. And I came across young people and, that were engineers and understood the craft at a craft level, but had an academic aptitude that it could help them innovate and, and, and develop the craft in, in, in different and unique and more complex ways. Um, through my interaction with these people, I came became aware of the dual education model of, of how they were trained, that they were initially open to occupations in the junior high level, that through high school they were kind of separated off, and when they had an aptitude and an interest in a career, they started to blend into that uh, industry uh, where their education and, um, and work sort of match together. There is the, um, in Germany specifically, there's a Hakazen, which is basically the, uh, kind of translated would be the um, German, German Chamber of Commerce. Industry and education are very much intertwined. And, and if you look at Germany, um, they are all intents and purposes. They, they, the EU, the Euro is the, is the replacement of the Deutschmark. And the German economy, you know, pretty much carries the European Union. And they're a company that basically manufactures, right? And they're manufacturing surrounded by cheap labor. Right. So how do they do this? They did it by doubling down on the education and the people getting them prepared to manufacture, manufacture, leveraging more sophisticated systems, which makes them, you know, competitive against low-cost labor. 
and and they 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 integrated that business and education together, which gave them the actual uh, you know uh, horsepower, the 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 the, the uh, intellectual capital, the labor capital they needed to to execute that plan. And so you know it, it wasn't a complicated decision. My idea was just basically can I model that here and, and come up with the ways that we can we could we could do this a similar type uh, uh, application of of, of of what I was selling. And uh, initially I. I recruited um, some engineers from Germany on the H-1B visa program. They helped us develop a lot of the technology and the software that we use that makes us unique in the world. And um, and then after that, we, we we started to try to hire domestically. And we we went the traditional routes. We we um, went to uh, any number of different universities and required mecha- uh, 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 hired mechanical engineers. Um, the problem that we had is the mechanical engineers were kind of engineers in name only. They were not prepared to to do the work we needed, and so we had to start at the very ground level uh, of 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 teaching them. And as they came to us, straddled with a lot of debt and having spent a lot of money, their expectations for salaries high, and we as we straddled with the salary plus a lot of this training cost. So the idea became like there's got to be a better way. And again, we look just look back to the German model and how was this done, and and that was the development of our own idea to create this program. Now. There's a company in uh, North Carolina, Blum. They make hinges and drawer slides. So if you ever come to a cabinet and in a, in a drawer, you close it and slo- closes slowly, and the door closes. That that's probably their product. They are the the, the industry leader in, in cabinet hardware, and they manufacture it in Austria and and in in North Charlotte, North Carolina, and Brazil. When they came to to Charlotte, they had trouble too. They need precision mechanic, precision machinists, and mechatronics techs to drive all the automation and fabrication that they do. Not being able to find it in the work in the pool of labor they had, they created their own uh, system. It's akin to us, but where we have a different flavor, ours is more of a white collar sort of engineering apprenticeship. There was more on a mechatronics level, you know, and machinist level kind of track. Um, but again, that program we basically just lifted and tried to model it, and 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 that was the the raw uh, sort of outline or blueprint for the program. Um, the time it took, we've been working on this for, for about north of five years, and it was a lot of it had to do with finding the right industry partners. Um, I think that um, what we're doing here takes people out of their comfort zone. It, it's not the norm, and anytime you do that, you know, it, it, there's a lot of angst involved. And I think what we have here is we have a relationship where uh, the business model is coming to bear on the educational system, right? and that kind of shakes some people up. But that also creates purity and efficiency. And uh, where we're paying for the whole uh, cost of this, paying the employee, uh, we're also demanding product. This is not a philanthropic event. It, this, is, this is for profit, and our, our goal is to develop employees we need to continue to grow. Let's talk a little bit about that. Could you describe uh, what kind of training will occur for students in this program? Okay, so the, the students we have have, have hired, they are um, you know uh, exiting high school and will uh, come July go to uh, Hudson County's High Tech High School to the Wood Lab, and they'll spend uh, the month of July in the Wood Lab, basically learning hand woodworking. Uh, s- some of them have had no experience uh, building architectural woodwork or in any woodworking. In that case. And, and not that their job ultimately would require any of these skills. That's not what they're really being trained to do. They're not a, a cabinet maker or a benchman. That's not what they're there for. But they kind of have to understand that at the tactile level. 
what the material feels like, how it is to work in machine, um, because that's going to go into their decisions and, and that they're going to make as they engineer. So that would be the month of July. They're giving that base back. At the same time, they're going to be going to Hudson County uh, Community College for some um, college readiness classes. And, and then um, come August, they'll, they'll be uh, working in our facility as apprentices. So they'll be, you know, under the tutelage of existing engineers that will be kind of showing them ropes, helping them develop their skills. Now, come September, their, their, day is, their week is going to sort of set up like this. On Monday, they're going to be in an interactive classroom. And, and as I say this, explain it, it's not an online course because the classroom set up with multiple, if you will, TV screens. So they'll see the professor. They're going to see the content that's being discussed. Then they're going to see classmates in their other areas. And, and, and that gives them the ability to communicate and, and have a sort of classroom experience even though they're in our office. And what's interesting about this program is that we have sort of partner uh, companies that do what we do, one in California, one in Florida, they're developing their program just behind us. And ultimately, the class that uh, our students will be in will have classmates in California, Kansas, which is where the school is, and in Florida all at one time. So it also shakes up the model of how education is delivered and you know where it's delivered, right? Because we're leveraging the, the ability to, to do things virtually and, and, and create a classroom that's virtual. Not in, that's not just online, but interactive. And um, they will they will be basically spending money doing the very specific uh, education of woodwork engineering. So. Come September, they're going to be looking at uh, through microscopes at all different wood species and being able to understand cell, cell structure and how different woods, the principles and, and strengths and weaknesses of each material, be able to identify them visually uh, uh, after they're done and understand what materials best to use where. That goes all the way up through you know CAD to CAM, uh, technology, construction, uh, a myriad of, of, of you know, lessons that will uh, bring them to be able to a full charge and become a full charge engineer. The um, uh, Tuesday through Thursday, they will again be, you know, under the tutelage of, of an engineer that they're sitting right next to that's going to help them. They'll be exposed to uh, operations in our factory. They'll be exposed to operations in the, in the field and the installation sequence. They'll be in, exposed to uh, estimating and sales operations to really give them a full gamut of the industry that we're in. Um, and then on Friday, they're going to be going to Hudson Community College where they're going to get the social aspect of physically being on a campus. They'll have access to all the, the campus, uh, you know, um, amenities and, and be able to take uh, some more of the educational components specific to advanced manufacturing. Um, so that kind of wraps up their whole, um, their whole program. Um, once they graduate out of this program, they will have then opportunities because they'll basically be a level E4 engineer for us. And from there, they can go on to maybe kind of focusing on sales and estimating. They can go into project administration, project management, field management. They can continue on to become a master engineer, or they can go into uh, IT, uh, robotics, and code writing, which we have a, a strong need for as well. So this is really a gateway to even more opportunity. Correct. Correct. Just so uh, for our listeners who might not have been clear about that first day, the students, when they do the remote, some of that remote classwork is, are doing it with an instructor from 
Pittsburgh State University of Kansas. Correct. That's the school that has that uh, online that that remote program to teach some of these unique skills. Right. They actually they're not an online school. They no, a, I'm saying it's remote. It's right. Like, right. It's a physical campus, and and they've had to kind of shake up their model too, and and, and work with us to develop this interactive model. And um, so they will be seeing the students in Kansas. They'll be be able to interactively communicate with the teacher uh, and then be able to see the content. And, and this is all from the specialized classroom we built. And that's for one day of the week, right? Right, right exactly. Uh, that's just for Monday. Yeah. On the Mondays. Uh, these students are actually uh, going to be, you know, advanced uh, manufacturing engineering engineering apprentices in your firm. Um, how much are they paid and, and what kind of benefits will they enjoy as apprentices and as they grow through this program? And how does it increase over time? Um, they, they start off, they've been hired at a salary of $24,500. Um, that's day one in salary. They will have um, fully paid medical benefits. We have our program is what they consider a Cadillac plan, and there's no matching contribution even for a family. Um, they'll have, obviously, sick and holiday time off and paid time off. They also will have um, the, the access to our 401k retirement plan as well. Now, um, when they complete the program, they'll be what our level E4 is, which is a full charge engineer. Um, that compensation is around 70000 But these, these young people have the ability to kind of effectuate their own raises over time because they'll be graduating through sequences of skill development that will lead them to that 70000 mark and beyond. I mean, it's not to say that 70000 is about the floor for that, but, you know, there, there's with their ability to develop their skills, they, they could actually advance beyond that by the time they graduate the program. Now, um, the community college degree earned in this program is an associate of applied science, but it's not the end, end of the, the credentialing process. That's correct, um, right? You yes. can actually earn a degree beyond that. Could you talk about that? Yeah, they'll be owning a bachelor's in uh, architectural manufacturing uh, from Pittsburgh State, and, and that's specifically in the wood you know, science part of, of our work. I wonder if you could talk about the type of student that in your mind would make the ideal apprentice for this kind of a program. Uh, who is that young person out there that you, uh, when you see their kind of uh, total resume, you say, that's a match for us? Um, you know, what we're looking for was not necessarily the highest level student. Um, but that's not to say that we really needed very high level um, high-level um, applicants. So what we were looking for is somebody that's interested in, in manu making things and how things are made, somebody that's interested in technology, and somebody that can think uh, mechanically, think in 3D, put something together in their head. And so some of the bellwethers that we had that when we saw resumes were, you know, were you into gaming? Did you develop games? Have you ever done any, you know, um, animation work, drawing work? Have you ever built anything? Have family member involved in construction or manufacturing that you've been exposed to? And those are kind of some of the things that we could pull out in conversation to determine their interest. And but ultimately, what we needed to find is somebody with the the intellectual mechanical aptitude to do the work because it's this is a very intense program, and and we need very high level uh, employees to do the work that we do. Um, um, but we also, we need somebody that this is what they wanted to do and that they understood that this wasn't just free college. This was 
opportunity for a job. And that's what we're here for. We're looking to find employees. So we needed to find people that were serious about working for us. And and, and that was all kind of part of what we tried to um, extract during the application process. Looking to the future, is this something that can expand? I'm sure uh, listeners will think, wow, five people in the first year, but I'd like to be part of that. Is there a future for these kinds of programs expanding? When I started this back five years ago, we, we worked with a, a consultant, and, and um, there was at that point sort of an idea um, that we had to find grant money. This was from some of the other um, you know, um, educational people we were dealing with at the time. And and this person's perspective was that if we build a program of quality, the companies will gladly pay the cost because we're already spending the money anyway. And so I think that what's misunderstood is that um, there's a tremendous need for people in advanced manufacturing and that many, many jobs at our plant and across the swath of manufacturing go unfilled every year. So. There is a definite need, and and I think that there's tremendous opportunity. And sort of an example of this is that you know as we put this together, we we, we kind of started it ourselves, and we we understood that to really have the educational component interact with us, we need to have greater scale than we needed. Um, and I started to put my feelers out to other uh, industry players that I knew that were of the size that could kind of do this and replicate it. And when I contacted uh, the one company in California, um, they immediately got engaged and wanted to, where I was just trying to, trying to take their temperature and thinking next year would be, they became very involved very quickly. And and, and the same with a an, another um operation in, in Florida. They also contacted us and, and were very interested in becoming involved uh, fairly from the ground floor. So I think there's tremendous need from the industry side. It's a question of building a program of quality that they can fit together. And again, this is sort of counter to how everything has worked to date in this country. And, and I think that that's part of what you have to work through and change the system where it becomes more efficient. And I believe that these not just in our industry, but in multiple industries, would, would find utility and, and become very engaged and then create the opportunities for more and more young people to take advantage of a program like this. Well, Andrew Campbell, president of Eastern Manufacturing, thanks for discussing this exciting new partnership with Hudson County Community College. Thanks, thanks for having me here. To keep up to date with county government news and announcements, be sure to follow us on Twitter at HudcoTweet at Twitter.com. You can also watch videos of county cultural and heritage affairs programming, news announcements, and other events on our YouTube channel, Hudco TV. And we're on Instagram with the handle Hudco Insta. Thanks as always to Hudson County Executive Tom DeGees and the Board of Chosen Freeholders, who sponsor, support, and direct all of the programs and services discussed on this podcast. Take care.